This episode of the podcast is brought to you by picking out which celebrities you think are sticky by licking them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that are actually the bad guys. I'm Zach. Uh, I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss... My, my, evil... my, my villain name is Frank. Oh, I'm Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> like just slight variations. Uh, today we are here to discuss evil protagonists, and that being any film where the main character is actually a bad person. And whether it's portrayed that way or not, that's who we're picking. <laughs> I don't know how many you have. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many you have. I kind of went like the, the normal thing Standard. of like... Five and then yeah. like some honorable mentions. Yeah, that's basically what I did. Yeah, I'm. I know that there's like one that like you picked that I specifically didn't because I was like, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it different. Uh, he's actually in my honorable mention. Oh. I, I didn't want to include him. Oh, okay. Well, he's my honorable <laughs> I like how too. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we just know. Yeah. So why don't you start us off? All right. So um, I wanted to. I kind of have like some different types of uh villains or bad guys mm-hmm. uh so the first ones i the first two that i chose are from the same film um but they are kind of what i would call the more traditional mm-hmm. bad guy villain and that is lieutenant vincent hannah and neil mccauley from 1995's heat i never that saw is, heat you've never seen heat no i just know it's al pacino but like i've never seen and heat. de niro mm-hmm um, You'd think that that would be like a star-studded thing. It is. It's great. It's All a really right. good movie. Um, so these guys are both... So technically Pacino is supposed to be the good guy because he's the cop. And De Niro is the bad guy because he's the bank robber. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes around and he's fucking you know, killing people. But he's a crooked cop? Um, he's not so much of a crooked cop. It's just more... They are both... I kind of wrote a little thing. That's basically like, both of them are really flawed. Um, neither neither man is content or satisfied. So it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to exactly articulate and expand on it, especially if you haven't seen it. Um, but all I'm going to say is that these guys always just want more. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Pacino wanting wanting more from his career and what he's willing to do to do that and what um, De Niro is willing to do to get away or, you know, rob the bank and, and how he's going to do it. They all, These guys are just never, ever satisfied. Um, and they just have this intense feud with one another of one. It's a cat and mouse, right? Mm-hmm. The whole movie is a cat and mouse. But it it is so intense, and you can like you can cut the tension between them with a knife. And there is such an incredible scene where they finally meet face to face, but it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. And they have a sit down with each other, and they just talk. <laughs> and it's like so fucking iconic. But they're both just fucked up guys. Um, so I really wanted to highlight them as villain protagonists because they both are the protagonists of the film. I can't say which one is the pro and which one is the an. Mm-hmm. Technically, De Niro would be your antagonist, but Pacino is just as much of an antagonist yeah. and as he is a protagonist yeah, and vice a, versa. What a bastards. What a bastards. I will, I will eventually watch it. Uh, so my first pick is a little on like the questionable side, I guess you could say, because um, I know you didn't see this film, but... Emma Stone's performance as Cruella. 
Yeah, I never. I haven't seen that. Which I, I looking back, I wish I would have mentioned it in like the episode that we did of 2020 one where you like the movie. I actually really did. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very well made. I thought like a lot of the production stuff was really cool. Um, it was a lot more adult style, and the soundtrack, Killer? fucking top notch. Really, like, it's all just like the one thing I'll say before I get into it is just like there was a little too much. Like you had like a good fifty song track. Um, and they would just play them randomly. Like, there was no real, like, rhyme or reason to it. But most of them were bangers. Like, it's all, like, British punk. Oh, okay. And, like, uh, like 90s, like, rock. So I was cool with it. It was a lot of, like, like sex pistols and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I liked it. But Emma Stone's performance in it was very cool. It was a little reminiscent to, like, a Joker style. Um, because... You, you kind of brought in to, like, feel for her in the beginning, where it's like, oh, you know, she is the main character, like, you know, she's an orphan, and she had to learn to live on her own, and she's trying to go to, like, um, to, like, fabric school. Fashion school. Fashion school, yeah. She's trying to go fabric. to fabric school. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's trying to do fashion, so. <laughs> she's working with fabrics. I am... I'm not completely I'm majoring r- in fabric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not completely wrong. Um, but then you start to see kind of like this this notch twist of her where it's like she starts to become more of Cruella to get revenge on like the main antagonist. And she starts to go against the two people that have helped her entire lives and like her friends. And you start to see her take darker and darker turns. So she is because like we already have an established thing of like 101 dalmatians where it's like she is the antagonist i like to see it where it's like she she started out for like a good half an hour as like a good person and then just immediately became the bad guy and the person that we know from our childhood i've never seen 101 dalmatians it's cool there was like a scene where it's like (laughs) oh she might have actually like skinned the dalmatians and then they kind of like wink at you. It was like, ah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I've never even seen the original and the animated. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, I'm ter- those are Disney, it's a, right? Yeah, it's a I've classic. Ne- I've never seen most of your animated. Di- we need to like, <laughs> we need to do, do a some... bunch of them, honestly. Like, we sh- I've never seen Aladdin. Never Lion? seen Lion King. Dude, if we're but gonna I've seen Macbeth, so. if we're gonna, yeah, Macbeth <laughs> is. <laughs> if we're gonna do one, we got to do Lion King. I've first. seen every fucking version of Macbeth, so maybe I don't need to see Lion King. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never seen Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I think they'll. I've seen Tarzan. Is that Disney? Tarzan's good? I like Tarzan. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I haven't seen so many. We don't have to do Little Mermaid though. That one's kind of bad. Never seen that either. Mulan. We'll do Mulan. Never seen that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I heard. Fighting the animated one. Yeah. Live yeah. We don't want to do trash. That. Yeah, we don't want to that. Okay. Um, my next pick is what I would call the sociopath. Mm. I don't know if he's going to be on yours. So if he is, please let me know. Um, I chose Lewis Bloom from 2014's Nightcrawler. I was almost going to put him in, or at least as an honorable mention. Um, but you decided against both. <laughs> I decided to put Cruella in instead. So. Um, so Lewis Bloom is, if you don't know, if you've never seen Nightcrawler, he's a kid. He's like a, just a guy that basically finds his way into filming uh, brutal car accidents and murder scenes and then selling the tapes to local news stations in order to get paid, and that's what he does. Uh, but the lengths in which I really enjoy the slow descent into true insanity mm-hmm. where when he begins to start moving the bodies around yes, and because and it's he, not a good shot. Right. And, and he and he really takes this kind of 
he, you know, he, he kind of sees it like an art and he's like, I need to film this in such a way that it needs to kind of be beautiful. But it also, he looks at it like a director and he's like, how is this going to build suspense? Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, he literally arranges photographs on the kitchen and, and moves them around to have it look more intimate and more like, Oh, now I feel bad for the family. And when he breaks into the house after the murder and he, and he films like going up the stairs and all that. I mean, he literally looks at it like he's filming a horror movie Mm -hmm. and he's like, how can I get the most out of this? How can I build this tension and then get that payoff? Um, and he's just an interesting, interesting bad guy. I, I get, and then of course he kills, he kills, uh, his partner, which is always fucking, that hurts a little bit. (laughs) I know. Uh, Riz Ahmed's character. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's great, and uh, I think that he is absolutely a villain. Yeah. What a cool movie that was. It's great. My next one is, I guess you could say more of like a modernized villain in films, um, and that is Nick and Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. Both horrible people. Eh, I don't know if I would say I they're horrible. I think well, Amy's way worse. Oh, well, yeah. Amy is way worse because, <laughs> like, she's psychotic and willing to kill people to kind of, like, prove a point. Yeah. But Nick is also a terrible person. Like, he's cheating on his wife. Like, he just has given up everything pretty much. Like, he just doesn't care. He's going to a bar to, like, drink and, like, stay away. Um, He's hiding money from her. Like, they're just both really... It's a very, it's very toxic and unhealthy relationship. Yeah. But also, too, on their own... And you see that throughout the film where it's like they're both separated. It's they're both still toxic people just in general. Like Nick is still cheating on his like while his wife is missing and there's news media all out the door. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Yeah. Not only that, but he's <laughs> also it, cheating on the other, that girl, too. Right. But he's also doing it while staying at his sister's house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he's just kind of like a scumbag of anything else. Man, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And then Amy, of course, like just the whole shit of like. You know, um, what's his name? Neil Patrick Harris's Thank character. You. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris's character. Like the whole thing of like taking the wine and like dipping it on like her her nightgown and like going up to the camera and making it look like he raped her. Yeah. And then of course like slitting his throat and it's just like you see how diabolical both of these people think. Yeah. And it's like when they actually get back together at the end, it's like they are kind of meant for each other. Like they're both horrible. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely villains, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think again, Amy more than than Nick, but uh, definitely not great people. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, that's a good choice. Um, okay, so now I wanted to go to uh, a character who is willing to screw over anybody, and he doesn't care what he has to do to do it. And that is Ray Kroc from 2016's The Founder. Michael Keaton's character from The Founder. It's the McDonald's movie. No idea what I'm talking about, huh? Completely uh, at a loss. <laughs> the one about McDonald's? Yeah, yeah, It's literally a movie about the guy who fucking franchised McDonald's and he stole it from the, bro- the McDonald's brothers and basically got the name and everything from them and made all the money while the actual McDonald's brothers never... They, 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 they were allowed... Them to keep one of their restaurants that they created, the, the very first original one, but they had to change the name and it couldn't say anything that was close or representing to actual McDonald's and they didn't see any money from any of it. Huh. And I, clearly you know nothing about it, Mm-mm. but it's a really, really good movie. It's called The Founder. It came out in 2016. And um, Ray Kroc 
is a fucking scumbag. He he gets to the point though where it, it's kind of like a there will be blood situation where mm. it's like it's like I'm working my ass off. It, obviously, like in there will be blood. He he was a miner for silver, and then he finally strikes uh, silver, and then he takes that and he invests it into oil. This movie, he's like a struggling fucking entrepreneur. He's, I think he's doing like door to door sales via like va- like from vacuums and shit, and he's just like not making any money. And he finally sees an opportunity, and he capitalizes on it, capitalizes on it, but he screws over the actual brothers. And it's really sad to watch. And you're like, wow, this is the actual story of the McDonald's brothers because this is fucking like, this is so sad. <laughs> and, and you watch these two brothers literally get screwed. And then they go to, they go to, um, you know, court and they lose because they signed papers that he gave them that he kind of promised them something. And then they didn't actually over, like read every single, like the fine print mm-hmm. and they ended up getting screwed out of everything. Um, and it's horrible. That sucks. But uh, but Ray Kroc is a scumbag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the the, the, the that's the know, idea. Yeah, of the idea of it is just you know Ray Kroc's an asshole, and he's definitely a villain in in as your protagonist. Mm-hmm. Did you know too that the golden arches are actually supposed to be like boobs? It's supposed to symbolize. Like, I don't think that's accurate. Look it up. It's supposed to symbolize like maternity or something like that. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, people gotta feed their kids, and then <laughs> McDonald's is right there. All right, Zach. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on to my next, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Fleck, the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Um, while I think that he is a flawed character because he's dealing with a lot of mental issues, he definitely. Let's be honest. He's the Joker. He is. Let's be honest. He beyond. is the Joker. The Joker. He is a villain. The yeah. He <laughs> is the villain to Batman. He is at the end of the day a psychotic murderer and whether that be that like you know we got to see a full story like flush out of like how he finally like just breaks and becomes that person he kind of was that all along like he always was like very unstable he always had like those ideas of like killing his mother and then he had like the whole thing that we absolutely loved where the girl like across the hall where it's like he he made up in his mind like this whole thing that like they were in a relationship and they really loved each other and that Zazie beats his character and then come to find out that like you know she didn't even know him yeah and it's like I'm, I, I don't remember like because it's been a couple of years now since I've gotten the chance to watch it but like it, it felt like he ended up murdering her from that no you so. don't think so no mm-hmm. not from what I remember I feel like it's been did. a while though too since I've seen it I don't think he had, I don't I don't think I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Eh? 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 Okay. I think there's a better protagonist that 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 he was based off of that you should have been chosen. Oh, what you want, like Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver? Well, yeah. Which is basically what that movie is. Yeah. Um. Okay. But he's in my honorable mentions. But exactly. Um, so I wanted to next choose the character who is driven to be the the evil one, similar to the Joker, I guess. But mm-hmm. in your in your you know the way that you were explaining it, it was, you know, he was kind of there all along. He kind of just needed that push. Mm -hmm. This one is a character who was entirely pushed to her break, which is Carrie from Mm -hmm. 1976's Mm -hmm. Carrie. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I hate to admit it, but Carrie is a villain. Mm -hmm. She's a victim first and foremost, but she ends up killing everybody uh blowing up some cars you know getting some people electrocuted at the at the prom 
Um, but she's driven to that. And it's, and it's a great character study on watching that. Of course, obviously there's a supernatural element. Um, there's a, obviously a religious element with her mother. You've seen Carrie, right? Yeah. So, uh, she ends up killing her mom in a really incredible way. Doesn't he set, she sets her on fire. Doesn't no, no, she kills her with the knives. Yes, that's right. The same pose as Mm -hmm. the Jesus statue that she makes Carrie pray at. Yes. And it was, it was very cool. Like how they did like production wise of like getting the knives to like stick. It's really cool. Um, but, Carrie is absolutely a villain. I still like Carrie mm-hmm. because I feel bad for her. Yeah. It's one of those situations where it's like, man, I know that you're wrong and I know that everything that we're doing here is not good, but I feel bad for you. <laughs> so I'm going to let it slide. Well, that's why too. Cause it's like, we, we look at everything like in the grayscale and right. kind of like for this topic, you gotta, gotta be like where it's like black and white. Like there is like evil and there's good and that's yeah, it. Right. But this one is is in the gray, yeah. Uh, because she is driven to it, and and you feel bad for her. And I think if, if you haven't seen Carrie, you need to watch Carrie. It's, mm-hmm. It really is a classic, and for good reason. Yeah, well, October can't come soon enough, so we can do more <laughs> horror stuff. <laughs> but um, cool. Yeah, my uh my next one is, I guess you could generalize it as like the entire cast of Reservoir Dogs, but like mainly. Mr. White and Mr. Orange. Mr. White is a psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Blonde is a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, Blonde is definitely a psychopath. Yeah, like, they're they're all just, like, really fucked up people where it's, like, they, they're they all just in this. We don't know what their criminal background is, but it is kind of, like, assumed that they all have a criminal background. And they're all here to do this bank robbery. And while you have, like, people like Mr. White, like, being kind of, like, this father figure to Mr. Orange... Until he finds out that, you know, he's a cop. You you still have the idea that, like, they are bad people and they are willing to kill anybody that comes through that door that is not somebody that is part of their group. Yeah. And, again, you kind of sympathize with it because they are the protagonists and they are the ones that you're getting the entire story for. So you get little, like, hints here and there where it's like, you know, they actually are good people outside of this. But, again, going back to black and white... They're bank robbers. They're murderers. They yeah. are bad people. Yeah. All right. My last one is, I don't know if you've seen this movie either. Uh, and this is the character who, similar to Carrie, is driven to it, but for much different reasons. Uh, and of, I am talking about Keller Dover from the 2013 film Prisoners, uh, played by Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've never you've never I know, heard I of this. Kn- I know of it's prisoners. A, your boy, I wanted, your boy directed it. It's yeah. It's uh, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I wanted to do this because I know Paul Dano's in it too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So basically, prisoners. Uh, I highly recommend the movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, Keller's daughter, mm-hmm. I believe, gets, yeah, gets kidnapped, and she and uh, Paul Dano's character is kind of like the one who they believe did it. And he ends up, Keller ends up like basically kidnapping him mm-hmm. and, and torturing then chaining him. him up to like a bathroom and like into a house that's the kind of being scene built. Is what I know. Yeah, and he just basically fucking like ends up torturing this guy mm-hmm. because he's trying to find his daughter. Um, and Keller becomes a monster. You know, by the end of the movie, he mm-hmm. is truly a He's no a better monster. than right, the yeah. kidnapper for Ex- his daughter. Exactly. And it's, you know, of course, it's got that, it's got a really nice, and uh, I don't want to, I, I can't <laughs> ruin it because I actually want to do it, so I don't want to ruin anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Keller Dover, if you've seen the movie, then obviously you know what I'm what I'm talking about and referring to. But he is absolutely, again, driven to it because his daughter is taken. And it's like, I need to protect her. I need to find her. So you understand why he's doing what he's doing. But obviously, he goes about it in all the wrong ways. And clearly, the man had some screws loose if, if, yep. you're, if you're just ready to do some of the shit that he does mm-hmm. in that movie. Like, it would have just been, like, anything. It's like, oh, somebody stole, like, his credit card. It's like, yeah. I'm willing to kill anything. Yeah, it's like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> cool. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to highlight that. Yeah, I eventually needed to see it. It's just, I don't know why I just never got around to doing it yet. Yeah. Um, but thank you, Denis Villeneuve. My last one is somebody that is through and through, always kind of had it, always was a psychopath, and always will be the protagonist <laughs> that doesn't make sense i don't sense. know man you were really yeah. stumbling over <laughs> that one <laughs> i lost my train of thought like halfway through. anyways it's patrick bateman oh okay yeah right. he from american psycho like he is an absolute sociopath like from the minute that you get introduced to him and him basically telling you that his ideals are that like you need to be perfect to make it in this world and if you don't fit that mold you're out and then just getting like those subtle little things of, you know, when he goes to the bar and like nobody can hear him and he's like, I can cut your fucking throat. And then slowly building to the fact that like he is or he isn't air quotes a murderer where he's killing off these people. And then you get to the end where it's like, you know, it gets crazy where he's trying to shove a cat into an ATM. <laughs> like, right. It, he is the through and through exploding. the villain of his own story. Yeah. Like there is no other antagonist to it. It is always just him. He is the protagonist and the antagonist to the film. And it boils down to, again, mental health issues. But, I mean, it's done in such a creative way that you don't feel for him at all. You know he's a scumbag. You know he's a piece of shit. You know he's a murderer. But you can't help but stop, like, watching to see what he's doing. Like, you need to know what he's going to do next. Like, he is just that compelling. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. You got some honorable mentions? Yeah. So, I already mentioned one. Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, he's a, one of a mine truly too. Truly iconic um, one. Uh, Macbeth, which we kind of mentioned mm-hmm. a little bit, but Macbeth from Macbeth is obviously mm-hmm. uh, from he becomes his own villain, right? And of course, he ends up dying from it. Um, Daniel Plainview, which is the one that you were mm-hmm. mentioning that I said I'm not going to bring in, but yeah, you have mentioned Plainview him before as like you don't think that he's a villain. Yeah, he's he's sort of a villain. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one that I wanted to mention was Jerry Londongard from Fargo. Ah. Uh, Fargo is, he, he's the guy that hires some hitmen to kill his wife so he could collect the insurance money. <laughs> uh, not a great guy. Isn't that Steve oh, Buscemi's yeah? character? Huh? Is that Steve Buscemi's character? Uh, no. Ah. No, that's uh, the guy from fucking Shameless. I can't think of his name. Gotcha. Yeah, I know who he is. Frank from Shameless. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions. I got a couple. Um, so obviously, yeah, Travis. Um, Tyler Durden, uh, Jack Torrance from The Shining, Freddy? Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> he is, he, over the course of the films, he is the main character. It yeah. just so happens that he's the murderer inside of people's dreams. Right. And someone that I struggled with to be like, does she deserve to be in the top, like, ones that I did? And yes and no, I just, I, I didn't remember enough from the film to put her in there. But Catherine from Basic Instinct. Yeah. Sharon Stone's character. Yeah, right. Yeah. Amazing. Like, she is through and through where 
Yeah, the, the leg scene. <laughs> the leg cross. <laughs> she is through and through like a villain, but such a stoic, such a a powerful way where yeah. during the time, like, you know, femininity was becoming like a a booming thing where like people were more okay with it. This and... just in. <laughs> femininity. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it was captured perfectly in the film. Like, you you feel that like she is the boss. Like, she is in control. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And that's it. That's um, that's evil protagonist. And that's the show, folks. <laughs> what do we? Uh, you have a recommendation? I do. Um, I'm not done with it yet because I was watching it before you came over. You rudely interrupted me. Uh, but there is a documentary that I've been meaning to watch forever on Netflix. You've been watching documentaries lately, buddy. I've been getting into documentaries. They're I fun. To- I told you. I'm, I'm kind cool of the best. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, really fu- I'm really cool with them. It almost m- brought me to the point where it's like, if I find one that's like really, really good, we should do a documentary for an episode. Right. Uh, but it was directed and also produced by Morgan Neville. Um, it is... The story of Orson Welles' last film coming to be called They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. And it's just very interesting because I'm I'm getting to see, like, a lot of stuff from Orson Welles and, like, you know, where he was kind of, like, this prodigy at 25 of creating possibly one of the best films to ever be made, possibly the Citizen best Jane. film. Yeah, possibly the best film to ever be made. And then struggling to kind of make something after that and then you have the whole in his mind betrayal of Hollywood where it's like he didn't want to play by their rules so like he kind of went away and tried to do his own thing and they never really accepted him back and wasn't he also like really big into magic yeah he was into magic a lot I think I think I read something I read a book for oh from the guy that did Derek the guy Derek who did um uh what is it in in and of itself Mm -hmm. I was I was reading his book and he was talking about Orson Welles and and I guess like one, like one of the things that Orson Welles said on his like deathbed was I want to be remembered as a magician. Yeah. <laughs> Not as like a director or an actor. He was a very weird guy. Yeah. Um especially too with like the last movie that he did where it's um The Other Side of the Wind where he's just making shit up as he goes along. Yeah. Man, it's like him and Brando. Mm-hmm. It's just like you, you look at, like, Orson Welles, and he, you ever see that commercial that he does, and he's, like, just drunk off his ass? Yeah. And it's just, like, clearly he's drunk. <laughs> like, like what, why are we filming this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what but a... it's very interesting. Like, I'm having a really good time with it. I still got, like, 20 minutes left on it. But it, it's just very intense to see, like, how he's kind of, like, he goes about as a filmmaker and how everybody around him has, like, very different, like, ideas of, like, what it was like to work with him. Yeah. But in the end, he is remembered for as a great director. Yeah. So that leads me into my pick for next episode. I want to do Citizen Kane. Have you ever seen Citizen Kane? Be honest. No. Okay. I know Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But it is possibly the best film to ever be made. So I want to watch it. What about Casablanca? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. We're getting into the classics. Mm-hmm. We should do a classics like month. That'd a be cool. A month of just like only things that would be on TMC, which is <laughs> Turner. What is it? Or T? What is it? Turner Classic mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Like nothing. Nothing before like the fifties. Yeah. We should do. We should do a classics month. We could do that. That'd be fun. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we, when's this episode gonna come out? Let's do it for February. 
Okay. Only classic movies mm-hmm. in February. You hear that, you scumbags? Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to... Me and Zach are start... <laughs> we're only going to be... The podcast is only going to be in black and white. But you won't know because it's only audio. No, the podcast will be... <laughs> It, it'll be like a silent film. <laughs> then and you have to read. We're yeah. going to mail you guys the, the conversation, and then you have to follow along. It's just a half an hour <laughs> of just static. Oh, no. <laughs> what oh, a good time What ridiculous be. things. What I did, ridiculous ideas. Okay, okay cool. we went through with it. Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, this is your time. Watch it. Get back to us. Tell us what you think. Yep. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank... Roll the credits.